She tryna that little bitch say she slime down. Little bitch think she gang. You fuckin' niggas that's suspicious. Free black wallet and slime pants. I'm smoking that op pack like a strain. I'm fuckin' your bitch now she with the gang. These pussy ass niggas thinkin' they got stain. Locked up all the CEOs call me slime. Always in visitation with a dime. Yeah, I'm sweating hard to confine. I'm posting on gang way, man. I'm not hard to find. I do not fold no slime. She set your ass up, yeah. You know she working for slime. Hot niggas in New York and they. <coughs> 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 Hello, welcome, episode 8, Geraldo's Edge Game, New Year's Eve, hello, 11pm. Special episode, decided to do this episode early this week, I got the great idea to edge until midnight and then come. Thanks. Today, I'm gonna just, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really plan. I didn't, I don't usually plan. Uh, this week, I definitely didn't plan. And now I'm here. So we're gonna talk about motherfucking, um, <laughs> we're talking about motherfucking New Year's, okay? Obviously. Uh, the most important holiday of the year um, because it is obviously the best time to change your life completely. It's the best time to, uh, you know, really reflect on all the mistakes you've been making and now you're going to change them because the calendar tells you to do it. Uh, it's the best time, you know, middle of winter, Probably, depending on where you're at, it's probably kind of cold, probably dark, kind of miserable. What better time to really feel motivated and ready to make uh, meaningful change and long-lasting change for the rest of your life than January uh, when you're recovering from your holiday debt and, you know, trying to just get over your seasonal depression? Uh you know, get that gym membership or renew it. Uh, you probably still have one and you just don't use it. Uh, you're just going to start using it again and get that $10 a month worth. Okay. Shout out Planet Fitness. You guys are doing good still. Uh, you know, I, I did my New Year's resolution early this year. I, I did it by starting this Coomcast. I did it by starting the Coomcast very late in the, in the podcast game. I decided I would do it early fall is when I would make my change. Uh, and also, also moved. I also moved, and that's a big change, okay? Luckily, I got those things underway and settled before New Year's. I think New Year's is the wrong time. Once you hit New Year's, you got to wait. You got to wait till spring, I think, to, to actually do something meaningful with your life. Uh, you don't start it in the winter, in my opinion, at least here in the States. At least in Pennsylvania, you don't do anything meaningful in the winter. That's when you when you scheme. That's when you're supposed to think of the thing you want to do. But you got to wait till there's uh, uh, until sunshine lets you do it, until you get enough vitamin D. Uh, to actually get started on on something you want to do. You know, when I was depressed in, let's see, New Year's, uh, when I moved to Philly in 2017, that New Year's, I was living in, a, oh no, 20, 2017 into 2018. I was living in a tiny studio in West Philly and walking every day to work, which was actually nice. But in the middle of winter, and I had broken up with my girlfriend uh, of like two years and I was just jerking off and eating halal every night. I was going to the halal cart and making love to the halal guy uh, on the way home from work. And that year, I, I, I still went to Christmas. I went to holiday Christmas and I didn't go uh, to New Year's. I remember sitting in my apartment thinking... Uh, <clears throat> Why? Why would I go to anything right now? Uh, what does that mean? I, you know, you spend most of your life going to New Year's things and celebrating New Year's, uh, and you just kind of feel when you're with family when you like when you spend it with family every year. 
there's no there's no pressure to it, you know. It's just kind of this. It's it's fun and silly. When you go to friends stuff, there's it's it always feels intense or it feels stressful to like be in a social situation on New Year's, uh, in my opinion. And that year, I just decided not to. I decided to be really depressed, and I, I ate a brownie or something, and uh, <clears throat> and ate my 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 daily halal. And did laundry. I remember I, w- I was in the basement. I could hear like the set, the soft thuds of uh, fireworks and and like firecrackers going off uh, in the street. And that was a good New Year's. That was probably, arguably, one of the best uh, New Year's Eves I've had. And then I left. I did my. I had fresh laundry. I put on fresh warm laundry, and I walked around the block, and I just had a good. I had a good cry, and. And since then, since then, that's when I started plotting. That's actually when I decided I was going to move. I was going to leave the East Coast was because of that, that winter, not just because of New Year's, but it was because I, I knew I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't survive another winter in, in fucking Pennsylvania. Um, and sometimes you need those holidays alone to really, uh, to reflect. You can't reflect properly when you're like doing the same shit you've done for the past five years with either your friends or your family or whoever it is. You got to have, you got to spend one alone. You got to spend a holiday or two holiday cycle alone. I think ghost. I, I, yeah, I always dreamt about going to like, like Paris or something for some reason. Uh, the really hyper hyper like romanticized idea of uh, uh, of I don't know running away of eloping I don't know or uh, I don't know just somewhere go be somewhere alone and kill yourself alone that was the idea in my mind um, but yeah because there was that one there was that year that I rem- I, I think of very fondly. <clears throat> And then some other mildly like memorable New Year's after that and before that. I think, you know, pretty much, you know, until high school, I think I spent most New Year's with family. And that's just with the Filipino side, uh, which I've discussed before where we play the perverted, we play the penis games and we play, you know, the balloon humping, popping games and that sort of thing. That's, you know, been there, done that. Uh, my favorite one, I think at least from high school was when I moved in with my dad, my mom would kick me out. So I was like not in really in a good place to go hang out with my mom's side of the family. And I remember, and my dad just was like, whatever, you you know, you can just do whatever you want. He didn't say that. He just like, didn't, he didn't care. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't care what I did. And I think I went to my friend, Kurt, my friend, Kurt, who was a, uh, an up and coming rapper from our high school, uh, who spent his uh, his inheritance from his grandma on studio time to to make a mixtape, which was really just remixes of like Lil Wayne and Drake songs. Um, but I thought he was funny, <laughs> and I remember he picked us. He picked me up in his uh, Kia. Ah, uh, what is it like a Fiesta? It's like a small shitty. So like Kia Rio, maybe I, I forget what they're called, but they all have names like that. And we like cooped up. It was like f- like five or six dudes in this Kia Rio, like passing a blunt around. And we had these plans to like you know go to like I think it was like his cousin's house or like his cousin's friend's house or something. I don't know, but we were there. It was chill. I just you know at that time I just smoked a lot of weed, so I was just like I'm just gonna hang out. And, and smoke weed and that'll be like that'll be fun um and then you know there was a fight we got kicked out and we were trying to find another place to be we got kicked out before the before new year's before midnight and so we we're like fuck uh, and we were too fucking high all of us were too high so we we're just kind of like trying to figure out like where the fuck can we go and the other places we other options were like nice family or like kind of nice like white friend parties, you know, where the parents are aware and they're drunk and they're letting the kids drink and like do like smoke weed and shit. But like the parents are too drunk to care. They're just like, whatever. It's just one night. We were trying to get into one of those parties. We we're trying to get into one of the cool parent parties. Um, but we were 
late, we were, you know, we didn't get to meet the parents. So it would be weird if we just showed up like 20 minutes before. So by the time, before we knew it, we were just sitting, uh, I don't know why we were quiet, but I remember distinctly that for some reason there was no music. We were just, we passed the house that we were trying to get into. And then we just drove around in like the cornfields of Pennsylvania at, at midnight, just like kind of silently sitting and just like, uh, happy new year's, happy new year's guys. <laughs> just a really solemn, like, Hey, happy new year's. And, uh, that, that's one of my favorites as well. I really liked the, that, that emotion was more accurate than what I would want out of a, a fresh start to the year, spend it with a bunch of dudes. And I remember we, we didn't even have a place to crash that night. Um, it was a long night. Someone lost their, and then we lost his key or something. I don't know. We tried to get into someone's, some random guy named Ben, Ben Greaves house. We're trying to get it. We got, we got to his apartment and he's like, yeah, you guys can just crash like in the living room. He seemed like he didn't want to let us stay, but somehow Kurt was really good at finagling and finessing. And so he let us crash and just like, you guys got to leave like first thing in the morning, like at five in the morning or something, whenever, whatever. We're like, yeah, cool. Um, and then his sister came down like 20 minutes later and was like, do any of you guys have like Adderall or like she asked for something weird. Like she asked for like benzos or something. I don't know, but we didn't have any. <laughs> she kicked us out because we didn't have drugs to offer her. Um, and I don't know. I th and then I think we just drove. I think we just drove around and sat in his fucking car in like sheets parking lot, just like zooted and just tried to, we were just waiting, waiting it out till morning. Uh, and I don't remember, I, you know, you think after a night like that, you'd remember who you were with, but I really don't. And I really don't care. Um, but I'm sure I felt connected to them for that moment, for that night, really bonded with some guys that I just, you know, never hung out with before, except for, for Kurt, the rapper. Um, yeah, I really liked that one. And then I think, and then I went inpatient like a week later and I, I went to the hospital a week later uh and then uh was that got i think that got me to 2012 or 2013 it's one of the two <laughs> um and then 20 i don't know there was 2014 i remember my freshman year of college i was dating this girl who I happen to have the same name as my high school girlfriend. I dated Julie's. I dated two two Julie's in a row. Julie number one and Julie number two. And I brought Julie number two to my hometown for some reason. And we, we went to my friend's basement New Year's thing with her family. Uh, the nice one where they let you. I, I don't think we even drank or anything. And I think my Julie thought there would be, you know, something to a little more to do than hang out with uh, family and, and play video games <laughs> and play just dance for on the Wii. <laughs> and uh, I remember seeing those pictures. I remember the seeing the pictures afterwards where it looks like I'm having a really good time. And then my, my party girl girlfriend uh, just looks very, um, she just looks very pissed. She looks very pissed, but I really, I really like those pictures. Um, and I think we still, I still got laid. I think I still got laid. Yeah. I think she's still, you know, and then I, I think I broke up with her like shortly after that because I went back to Julie number one. I realized after the new year, I was like, I made a mistake and I went back to Julie one. <sighs> they both got fat asses. I, I couldn't decide. I was like, I was, you know, I, I literally had to make a pro con. Like I had to make a comparison chart between the two and, you know, the the overlap was just the fat ass, you know, different shaped, but still fat ass. That wasn't all that there was to it. I'm sorry if Julie's out there, you know, you're more than that. But I just remember distinctly that was major selling point both ways. Okay. You're very nice and cool and smart and funny otherwise. Okay. Uh, 2015...
I don't know. There's a lot of fireworks in my neighborhood because I live next. I live really close to Mexico, so there's a bunch of fucking cholos out here shooting guns and fucking blowing up fireworks, even though they're illegal here in California. <sighs> fucking Mexicans. And uh, so you're going to be hearing those increasingly for the next, you know, hours. Uh, I think I might have just spent it normally 2015 my and then 2016 I was living with Joe that was when I was living, living with the gay landlord Joe who I became friends with Joe and <clears throat> I had turned 21 I was my first New Year's I was 21 and I decided I guess we decided we'd go out we would go out and go to the, go to the bars and shit in our, in our college town, which there were a lot of, and like that was a, it was a cool bar scene. Um, and at that time, I was still figuring out like that I couldn't drink, or I was still trying to figure out how I could drink because basically, I learned that year that I had what I, I always just thought I was a lightweight, you know, and that I just had to train more. You know, after three years in college, I was like, I'm still not, you know, I still can't enjoy alcohol. And I just have the enzyme deficiency that's apparently common or at least somewhat common in East Asian populations. And also, um, I think some European populations as well. I forget where specifically, but I fall into it as a half Sicilian. And some people just have the partial uh, mutation and I think both my parents had a partial recessive mutation. And basically, so I have an acetaldehyde uh, dehydrogenase deficiency. Um, and so I basically can't tolerate alcohol. I can't process alcohol properly. And I just, uh, I don't get drunk. When I drink, I basically just skip to hangover. Um or at least what I imagine is a normal hangover. I'm, I'm basically just feeling the toxic effects of, of alcohol without the fun within like half an hour. Um, so I just feel like I have a huge headache. My whole body just hurts. I get extremely flush. I get beat, beat red. Um, and it's not fun. I just know distinctly like my legs always hurt. My feet like ache. Like they feel like they're like throbbing when I drink. It's weird. Uh, don't know if that's a usual, if that's a normal, uh, hangover or not, but that's what I have. And up to that point, I was still trying to drink because when you're in college, you're just surrounded by alcohol. Um, and you want to like, you know, it's nice to be a DD or whatever, but it's, it gets kind of alienating sometimes, which you realize doesn't fucking matter in the end. But when you're in college, it matters that year I spent a lot of nights, working out at the gym. I, I would go to a, the, the powerlifting gym, you know, with the big American flag on it, but it was open 24 hours. And I would go at two in the morning and, and, and lift because I would, I would just be, feel sad that I wasn't like, you know, I would go out. I would still go out, go party or I would drive to Philly and go hang out with my fucking, you know, dope head artist friends, my burnout artist friends. But we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that New Year's another time. But I spent a lot of time just going to the gym and trying to be ripped. That was my peak physique. Anyway, and uh, so that was my, my last ditch effort of trying to be an alcoholic was uh, that New Year's. And I went out with Joe and we went to some bars. And I remember as like, you know, and Joe and I are cool. Like, you know, we just dance with each other. And if Joe finds a guy he likes, I know to, to like, you know, step away so it doesn't seem like we're together or, you know, he's, he's always very vigilant of, uh, or he's very hyper aware of I'm cock blocking, which I never had to, you know, that's never been a thing I've done, but I just incidentally cock blocked Joe because I'm just a, like a hot college dude at the time. And he was like 40. So, and he could pick up college dudes. No problem. He was, he was, you know, he, he was on grinder picking up 20 year olds all the time. Uh, from what he told me. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe, if you're listening. Uh, Happy New Year's. I'll send you an email soon. 
And I remember sometime like close to the ball drop, I think it was like before the countdown. It was like leading into the countdown. We were dancing and it was fun. And this girl, this this Amazonian goddess, she must have been, I don't know how tall she was. She was taller than me. So to me, I'm just going to say she's 6'2 or something. Okay. 6'2, white chick. Pretty big. I, I would imagine a, a, a good, she's like a good field hockey player, I can imagine, or a good uh, a good middle in basketball, you know, um, or in volleyball. And she came, to, she came up to me. I hadn't seen her the whole night. She just showed up and she tried yelling something in my ear. She tried yelling, you know, something. Who cares? Who knows? And I was just like, I don't know. I was just, and I just kept dancing. And then, uh, she, 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 and literally gave me uh, the wettest willy I've ever had. I mean, I haven't had many wet willies, but she gave me like what I imagine was a pretty sloppy, a sloppy finger in my ear. Um, and I remember turning to her and being like, what, you know, what the fuck? You know, I, I don't think she could hear me, but you know, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? And she, I don't remember what she did. I don't remember what she said or tried to do or emote, but basically she just kind of like scurried away. She like disappeared. Uh, and then the ball dropped and I, my, my ear was still wet. And I was like, well, this is, this is a weird way. This is weird. This is a weird way to start the year. I'm kind of alarmed and disturbed. And the night went on, we had fun. And uh, I was like, I was, I was hung over. I was like, I was sore the whole night. My body hurt because I'd bought a handle of, of, of like shitty, vo- I, I bought a handle of like new Amsterdam or something. Cause I just, I didn't know. I was just a broke college kid. Not really. I was like, I had money to blow cause I didn't blow it on alcohol. So I was like, I can just buy for this one night of drinking. I'm going to do, I can buy whatever I want. And I bought new Amsterdam and, uh, just carried a bottle the whole night or tried to, I think, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but Night went on. By like three in the morning, we're walking home and I run into this bitch again and find, it's on the street so I can finally, we can, I can hear her, but she's fucking plastered. And I'm like, yo, why the fuck did you give me a wet willy? And she said, it's because she wanted to suck my cock. And um, it blew my mind. And I, I there wasn't really an opportunity to to further, you know, I didn't I wanted to learn more. I wanted to know what, how, is that part of the culture? Is that, you know, like where are you, I learned that she was from Jersey. She was waiting for an Uber back to Jersey from Westchester, uh, which is retarded. And uh, I figured that must've been, that must be a Jersey thing. That must, that just must be a Jersey thing. She wanted to wet my willy. Now she didn't say that, I just uh, inferred after many years of reflection, I, I figured out that I, I think she wanted to wet my willy. So Jersey people hit me up. Jersey girls hit me up. Would you wet willy a guy if you wanted to suck his dick? Let me know because I'm dying to use that on a girl. I don't know if that works both ways. If I can wet your pussy, <laughs> I want to lick your pussy, but I'm going to give you a wet willy instead to, to let you know. Or if I want, or I could be putting my dick in your ear. I, I could be saying that. Um, Joyzy gals, Joyzy Gorials, hit me up. Uh, and then I stopped drinking. I've, I, I've stopped drinking since then. Uh, I've had a couple drinks here and there, but just, it's like a beer. A beer is like, makes me feel like complete shit. So pretty much stopped drinking when I turned 21, 22. That, yeah, that's, this is all this episode is going to be. It's just me telling you my, my, my boring new year stories. Um, (laughs) New year's I was dating 2017. I was dating nursing student and I was in love and I decided I wanted to, uh, woo her a little bit, wanted to do something a little fun for New Year's, but I didn't want to spend it with family. And 
I think uh, what, what I did was I took her to this place in Philly, in South Philly, this Italian place where all the uh, waiters and waitresses are uh, either trained or in training f to be opera singers or some other sort of performer. But they all could sing. It was supposed to be the the shtick of the place. And they saw a very... Uh, all very gaudy and, and uh, campy, kind of like, you know, Thaliano type, you know, restaurant. They're very, they're not ashamed in any way. And so every, every, you go to this place and every 15 minutes they, they ring a fucking bell and everyone's supposed to stop what they're doing and stop eating. I don't know. I never learned the etiquette. If you're supposed to stop eating or not, I kept eating, but you're supposed to stop and at least like look quietly at this, uh, person who's going to sing a song for you. Uh, and I took her to this place, but, but works perfectly on a date. Perfect on a date. Ladies love it. Um, but we went on a new, we went on new year's Eve and, uh, they must've fucked up or, or either. Well, also let me preface this, that this girl is dating Rachel. She was also prone to, She's just like always sick. She just like always got sick or she always had pink eye or she always had migraines. Like she just like was kind of annoyingly sick. You know, I wish she was just more deathly. I, I wish she had a terminal illness almost like while we were dating. Cause it's a lot more annoying to just have like someone who just gets pink eye frequently because she like doesn't change her makeup brushes or something probably her mascara brushes or doesn't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I didn't solve her problems. Right. But I just, you know, had to get you know, a lot of dates canceled and a lot of hangouts canceled because she has a migraine plus pink eye and explosive diarrhea because of her shitty diet. And so this night I knew we ate pretty much the same thing. It was a fixed menu. Um, and she got diarrhea that night. She got explosive diarrhea. We shared, we shared our plates and, um, at, yeah, it was after we ate our meal, we were going to go to my friend's place, my, my shitty artist, uh, musician friend's house, grimy probably. And we couldn't find it. And it worked out nicely actually because, well, when we did find it, at that point, Rachel had decided or realized that she needed to shit really badly. And this was like getting into like 11, 1130 territory. So we're kind of like, you know, okay, let's, uh, let's, and she didn't want to, so she didn't want to go in cause she didn't want to blow up their bathroom, which is nice, which is reasonable. And you know, she didn't know if she could go publicly, you know, in someone's house like that. And so we're like, all right, let's go to a bar. And we like went, we found like the shittiest bar. Like I, I'd never been to this place. It was in a, fuck, I don't even remember where it was, but I think it was somewhere like, it doesn't matter. Oh, it was like in Fishtown. We were like in like Fishtown in Philly. And it was like a pretty tiny bar and there's just like the shitty bathroom in the back, you know, just a single. And I dropped her. I, I couldn't find parking. So I dropped her off and like just drove around or whatever and uh, picked her up again after she was done taking a, a huge diarrhea doo doo ass shit. And by that time, uh, we we're already like, you know, almost midnight. And the plan was to have stopped at my friend's house first, say hi, and then go. We're. I don't know why, I don't know why I thought of this. This is like a dumb, I guess in my mind I thought it was romantic, but I was, I, we drove into fucking Camden. We drove across the bridge into Camden, New Jersey. And, um, we wanted to watch the fireworks over the river from Camden. <laughs> okay. So we drove and somehow we made it to Camden in time. And then she still had, and then she had the shit again. The whole ride there, she was like, I have to shit so bad. <laughs> but so for some reason, I was really set on like going to Camden to see these fireworks. I don't know why we didn't just go home. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the only <laughs> the bathroom we could find was in a hospital. We went to a fucking hospital and she walked in and almost got like kicked out. 
she only got like security call, but because she was dressed nice and like seemed like, you know, not like she was on drugs or something, which is usually the kind of people that walk into a hospital in Camden, I, I imagine, are just like crackheads uh, at that hour unless they need something. But but she came in and she got looped in, I guess, with some crackheads and uh, somehow she got in. She got she got to take a dump in the hospital for free for free. And then we drove to the parking at the aquarium in Camden. And and then we sat in the cold, bundled up with a bunch of other f- fucking retards sitting by the water uh, and watched the fireworks and, and froze. And I was like, what if she had the shit again? I thought about that a lot. I was like, what if she had to shit again? What if she, sh- what if I made her shit her pants on New Year's? That would have been so funny. Uh, but unfortunately, no, nothing happened. And I think we fucked that night. I'm pretty sure I ate her out even, and you know, I probably ate her out that night. Shit and all. Ah, 2017. And I broke up with her and I broke up with her. I think that same month. And then, you know, we got back together later, but I remember distinctly, I I broke up with her in, in January. I don't know if it was because of the diarrhea thing, but you know. That might have been the last straw. I'm just tired of dating a sick bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. And, uh, okay. And then I moved. I moved. San Diego. In 2018. Hold up. I don't remember what. Oh yeah. So I already told you 2017, 20 into 2018 was doing laundry, sad laundry, but good, sad laundry, but good for making a life change that year. And then by, because then I looked into where should I move that won't, I won't kill myself. And I just said, I literally was sitting down that winter and Googling like nice place to live. And, you know, San Diego would come up and I'd be like, okay, well, that sounds dumb, but like, let's look into it. And then I applied for a nursing California nursing license and then, uh, bada bing, bada boom. And then I said, fuck you, dad. Um, uh, see you later. (laughs) And then I fucking packed my car and left. Uh, and that winter I was working in the, that was when I was working in the psych hospital. That's when I was, uh, working in the psych hospital, living with my dad I wasn't, I wasn't even working full time. I was working part time, like three days a week at the psych hospital and the psych unit. Um, and I don't know what I was doing otherwise. And living with my dad, who is, is depressing. Living with my dad is just uh, ultimately like the most, yeah, depressing, unmotivational, demotivational thing is to see my dad waste away, uh, on Omegle. (laughs) <laughs> and I knew I had to get out of there one way or another, but it didn't make sense for me to just move somewhere else in Pennsylvania just to stay there. So anyway, I don't know I'm going off on that, but moved to San Diego that year. And I think I was feeling good. I was feeling good. I was still like pretty distracted by the novelty of a new place. I'd only been here two months by the time the holidays rolled around and I flew home, flew home for Christmas and New Year's, and I think I just spent it with family. I just actually felt like I wanted to be with family that year um, because I didn't have to... Something about it was relieving that I got to go back to San Diego after that, that I wasn't just, like, driving an hour back home to Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania, you know? something. It's nice to go somewhere cold just for the holiday. No big deal. Somewhere dark and miserable just for a week. And I, that one's unremarkable. You know, when you spend it with the Filipinos, like the only thing that's, you play the penis games and then like when you're doing the countdown, you shake coins, you you shake a, a cup of quarters and then your quarters are your like good luck coins or something. I don't know. And that's, that's all, that's all my mom and I would do for, for New Year's. Um, and... I guess it's not bad. It's not that bad. It really isn't. Uh, 
the one that I think is actually my least favorite New Year's was the year after that. I think 20, 2019 into 2020. I went home and that was when I realized I wasn't going to fly home for holidays anymore, that I, I didn't want to spend holidays with my friends and family back home anymore because I think I did Christmas with family, my mom's side of the family. And I was like, what are we, what am I doing here? <laughs> I was like, what, 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 what is the point of me being here? Uh, it didn't make sense. I'm not going to go into it. I think I already discussed that last episode, but you know, that was the one where I was just like, okay, I don't think I need to do this every year anymore. I think I can just, you know, not celebrate Christmas from now on. Uh, or, or if I'm going to visit home, it doesn't have to be, I'm not going to use Christmas as the time to do it. Uh, I find I've been, vi I go home in August for some reason. Uh, that's a good time to go to fly back. But yeah, again, I, it's one of those things where I don't want to use the holiday as an excuse to like do something with your life or to, you know, do something significant or make a change, right? It's not the time to do it. It's not the time to do it. Everyone's on the same wave, you know, everyone's like, you know, you're, you think it's going to be better because everyone's on the same page of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, it's everyone's supposed to motivate each other and build each other up around the same time. And it's like, no, I don't think that's the way to do it. You got to do it alone. I think you got to do it alone to get, you get yourself started alone. Don't be relying on other people to make that change. Um, and then once you find other people, you know, once you get yourself situated and can motivate yourself, then you find the other people that are motivated like you that can motivate themselves individually. And then, and then you come together. I don't think you should start together. I think you end together. You come together. Okay. You start a solo mail and you end an orgy mail. You end a bukkake mail. Okay. <laughs> That's my goal is to become that is my New Year's resolution is to become a Bukaki actor, okay? Because I started solo. I want to find the other solo males out in the world that want to collab, and we're going to make the best Bukaki videos of all time. I think Bukaki has a lot of room to grow, okay? I got a lot of cum, and I don't think there's much to me. I want to just be a, another cock in the video. I don't care about being the personality anymore. I just want to be another cock waiting in line to fill the bowl that the, the girl will slurp at the end of the video, okay? I want to be the bukkake actor. And I'm not going to start that resolution now. I'm going to wait until the spring, like I, like I said I would, okay? Like I told you to do, you're going to wait till spring to make that change. <clears throat> um, and then I spent new year's that year into 2020, uh, with my friends in Philly because I thought that mattered. You know, I thought it mattered that I, I spend the, couple the one week I go home for the one week a year that I go home to spend some of it with the people I decided to become friends with in high school okay and unfortunately I decided to surround myself with stoner burnout artists musician artsy hipster types okay I got along with most people in high school I think I, I had some flexibility with who I could have uh, been friends with, but you know, I dated the art school chick. Julie was a, was a hip art chick and her friends were all like kind of musicians and they liked the strokes and they had a They, they did cover strokes or strokes covers uh, at the local uh, coffee bakery, whatever bagel shop in town and uh, played, you know, uh, coffee houses. Okay. All right. And I wasn't really doing that, but I got along with them the best. 
I wasn't art. I wasn't artistic in, in the traditional sense. And I was gifted, but not gifted in, in a smart way. <laughs> and like in a traditional, I, I, there, I had nothing special about me. I was so generic and unassuming and I still kind of am, you know, before this porn shit, uh, there was nothing about me that I, I had no like other artistic outlet. And so I found myself perhaps just uh, living vicariously through, you know, art hoes and, and my art bros. And I felt cool hanging out with them. Oh, da dancing was my thing. I would go to their shows and dance. Okay. And I was, I was relatively good dancing, but only be because at that time, you know, leading up to high school, I, there, there was a string of cool dances to learn. There was soldier boy. There was, I learned how to jerk. I learned how to reject, you know, and so dancing was my my expression at the time and just being like generally f like kind of funny or smooth or something, but like not that funny, you know, relative to my cool, my cool half minority friends. I was the least cool half minority. Maybe that's why I was cool. Maybe that's why I was accepted was because I was kind of ethnic. Who knows? And uh, well, anyway, so those artist friends most of them moved to Philly. They all moved to Philly and some of them were successful. Some of them were successful. You know, one is uh, one band called the districts or something similarly gay. Maybe that's not their real name. Maybe it is, but either way, it's just as gay as the name, the districts not promoting them, but you know, they're the only mildly at least successful, I think band that has come out of, my hometown as far as I know and they happened to be in my class and I hung out with them and whatever whatever and now their fan base is just like 30 and 40 something year olds who like don't want to get their beer spilled at their show so they just stand politely and and you know and whoo white guys you know it's that, it's that kind of band you know kind of like they they kind of peaked and they peaked in high school like literally they, they had their band since high school and i think they peaked then it was back when like lumineers and like head in the heart were like popular i guess and i'm sure there's somewhere else someone else in that era that is more comparable to them but that's the kind of thing that that kicked off in our high school was was the districts and so people in that circle thought they could also be successful musically and and so they they pursued it and uh, they didn't go to school and I actually respect them for not wasting their time going to art school or going to music school some of them did some of them did some of them did go to art school so that and so now with their cool master's degree and and whatever they can work for some corporation and, and make like pharmaceutical ads you know they can design graphics for uh for for pharmaceutical ad campaigns you know that's what you go to art school for is to make corporate art uh you know and if you want to make your real expression you just do that on your own time uh and so i kind of respect my friends for trying to make it work and do their own thing uh and they're and they're musicians too, so like you know they're not going to go to fucking Berkeley, either. Uh, that's you know. I don't know. What my point is, this is not me railing artists in general. It's just me railing. I think the the culture of of art school. Okay, you go to art school to make connections, and I think that's about it. And if you already have connections, if you're Jewish, uh, you don't need it. It's just something to feel like you did something uh, with your time that was worthwhile, makes your parents feel happy. It makes your network feel happy about you, that you didn't just, uh, that you're not just struggling uh, without a degree. At least you're struggling with a diploma. You know, you'll always have that art degree to fall back on if things don't work out, uh, you know, at the Starbucks you, you, you work at, okay? You know, you work your retail job, with your art degree. Okay. Not a big deal. Uh, but my friends didn't take that route and I didn't go to Philly after school. I went to 
I went to a, a university on the main line, you know, and they lived in the city. They lived in the city and I would commute. I would go, I would drive an hour, like hour and a half just to like go hang out with them. I was just like every weekend I'd just go and like go to their shows. And like, it was cool when you're like 19, 20, 21 and like you're going to house shows and they're playing music and you're just dancing with your friends in the basement, getting drunk. I wasn't getting drunk, but you know, I felt drunk and <laughs> I felt like an alcoholic and then, you know, it gets really sad after like college age because the people that was, that were going to those shows who like, you know, were mostly in college living in Philly, going to like temple and like Drexel and shit, like they were doing stuff. So, you know, they got to enjoy the fruits of their labor and then move on with their lives and like have, you know, probably shitty, boring jobs. Right. Um, but at least they're stable. And now these artists, you know, now my friends are like 27 and still kind of struggling to make things work as, uh, as musicians and, you know, other sorts of art designers, I don't know, clothing, textiles. I don't know. I don't really know what they do anymore. I kind of lost touch and I realized a lot of what we bonded over and why we were friends was like weed and, uh, and music you know, and I basically stopped smoking, like at least with people in, in like college, I started to learn, I learned that I was going to smoke alone, uh, that I can't smoke socially anymore in public, uh, by the time I was in college, I still smoke very rarely just to remind myself why I don't smoke anymore. Cause I just, it's just not enjoyable, but it's nice. It's refreshing. It's refreshing to be super paranoid and like anxious for a day. And then you snap out of it. It's kind of like, it's like a mini it's like a mini psychedelic trip for me. If I just get super stoned once in a while, you know, just, it's just something to reset myself, humble me a little bit. Uh, anyway. And so, you know, when, and the music, you know, they just took it, they just take it too seriously now because they make it because now they're musicians and they claim to be musicians. And so to even discuss music with them is a little, uh, tedious it's a little boring you know they take they'll you know listen, like hanging out with them is kind of like listening to uh like a podcast about music um except like no one has anything really substantive or 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 constructive to say it's kind of just like it's almost like a podcast about anthony fantano's opinions about music it's like discussing, is it Fantano? Fantano? I forget. I forget. I haven't, I haven't watched this shit in a while, but it's like, it's basically like reviewing music reviewers is what it's like hanging out with them. They just discuss music critics uh, and then they critique music, but like, you know, and then at the same time they share their Spotify raps on their like failing bands, Instagram pages and, and remake what sounds like they make beats that sound like they're from like 2013, but they added like their own producer tag to it and then uploaded it to SoundCloud and got three listens. Okay. So like, that's like, and that's fine. It's fine. But when you don't see any growth from basically what that, that were, that's what they were doing when I was in college, when I, when, when I was, we were like 21, and I was like, that's fine. Like they're, 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 they got to start somewhere, you know, but seeing them hold on to that dream another five, six years and probably longer really hurts. And then, you know, the rest of that podcast, uh, it's, it's just listening to them complain about not having enough money, but still having enough money for, for weed and for cigs and for booze, uh, and for music equipment. And, and, and sometimes they can afford rent. Okay. And that's, and that's kind of like, this isn't, this isn't a, 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 you know, I get it when you're poor, like you need shit to cope, but like they have two, they just, they just still haven't learned to budget like one, one vice, you know, one addiction, you know, whether it's the cigs or the weed. Okay. Just, you know, you just got to pick one. Uh, and they haven't, none of them seem to have done that. Uh, anyway, so I, I, 
you know, hanging out with them is just a nice reminder. They're chill. They're fun. They're still funny, you know, but there's something too sad about that their lives now. And it's not even like a fun, sad clown thing because they're not trying to be clowns. They're doing something that they want to be taken very seriously for. Um, but I don't think they take their own craft that seriously because they just fucking get high all the time and then do nothing with their lives. Okay. So they're burnout. They're really, they're really burnout. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting when they were younger, but now it's like, get over yourself, dude. Like, I'm not saying I'm in a better position. I used to, I think I used to judge and I used to, but I used to envy them too. I used to judge because I was in school doing nursing stuff and doing something like technical and like supposedly fun or like supposedly stable and like smart, but I was miserable and I like really envied like how free they, they seemed like making music and doing what they like they were passionate about. But now I'm like, okay, well it's cool that I have a passion. I have, I have a career that I can fall back on. I can make money if I need to. And now I can still make jerk off videos. I'm not saying this is the the art. This isn't the art that I was destined to make or that I want to do forever. But um, if I want to do music now, I could. I can afford it now. <laughs> it's quite an investment. I, you know, they could have blown up. I'm not saying that people that have made it in music shouldn't have tried. You know, or like. But it's like if I try to do comedy, it's like I think most people who succeed realize how much of a risk and a gamble it's supposed to be and therefore can't complain about if it doesn't work out. But my friends complain about it not working out. Okay. That's all. That's all. Just don't, you know, you know what you're getting into. Just, you know, shut up. That's all. Same thing with nursing. You know what you're getting into. So just shut the fuck up. Okay. And just do your job and su and just suffer in silence. <laughs> Uh, so I spent New Year's with them I spent New Year's with them That same year that I realized I didn't want to spend Christmas with my family either I was like well at least I'm going to hang out with my cool friends In Philly With the cool hip kids And I thought I missed that because in San Diego there's no There's not that There's hardly a scene like that You know, People hardly do, like, do music here It's all cover bands with like dads Who are 40 years old and want to do like all time low, like blink 182, like punk surfer, punk rock shit. It's like retarded. It's retarded. Uh, and then there's some like, it's, it's, it's like so non-cohesive here. And then it's like tattoo artists. That's kind of it. That's kind of it. And then like burnouts from like LA. It's like people from who couldn't cut in LA who like have, people here who are desperate for anything that like mildly interesting, like, and when someone from LA moves here, it's like, okay, now, now that we have culture, we have culture and, and Mexican culture. That's it. Um, Filipinos have no culture in my opinion. And that's who lives here. Uh, and so it was nice to go back to Philly where I felt like, okay, there's a, you know, there's an energy and a scene to it. And, I went to, we went to the district's, one of the district's, uh, apartments and they had a rooftop and I was like, that'll be fun. And I brought balloons and I made balloons for them as a clown and just thought that'd be something funny to entertain myself at least if it turned out to be boring. And those parties, that party was just what felt like, um, when a bunch of musicians and artists just wear slightly nicer black clothes, black clothes that are slightly nicer than usual, uh, but still black and, and, and attempts to, uh, hopefully fuck one of the 12 people that they see all the time at their shows, you know, that either going to each other's shows and paying the $5 cover fees back and forth. Really no one's making money. They're just paying each other back and forth, just supporting each other. Um, going to the same five venues to see them play the same, you know, like seven songs that they've been working on for the past like six years. Uh, and then all these people, and I got to see, and I got to be an outsider to it. I got to see this inner circle of people that just jerk each other off, uh, in the DIY music scene. Uh, and, um, it made me sad and I was like, okay, where does this go from here? 
Do I want to see this progress? Do I want to see how these lives uh, pan out? Not really. I don't really want to see how how your music projects pan out or that when you give up, I don't want to see how that, that ends up. I think you should uh, hopefully kill yourself, uh, ideally. <laughs> ideally, everyone there would kill themselves on New Year's. That would be a fun one. All right, I'm approaching. I didn't realize it's almost midnight, so let's see if I can just come right now. <sighs> I'm not even hard. I'm going to come soft, baby. I don't have the countdown, so I'm just watching my... Oh, there it is. Fuck. <sighs> Happy New Year. <laughs> and this one's for the books. 2022. Jerking off alone. I think that's what I did last year. Last year, I went to bed early. I think I slept through the new year. I think I went to bed at like 11. Sound of fireworks, bitch. Hmm. Fantasize about me getting fucking shot. That's what it sounds like to me. be a good fucking year it's gonna be so much better than last year oh my fucking god guaranteed and you're watching this right now you're having a good fucking year i guarantee it so much good luck will come from watching porn and especially watching my porn Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> 